Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hennepin Healthcare, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's level one adult and pediatric promise center presents Healthy Matters. As always, consult your personal physician if you have health concerns. Here's Denny Long with Hennepin Healthcare internal medicine physician, Dr. David Hilden. Yes, good morning. Happy New Year to all of our CCO listeners. Good morning to you, Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Denny, and Happy New Year. Are you working this week? I am working starting uh, on Tuesday. Well, I'm I'm going. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions, Your yeah. Honor. <laughs> I, you know, that, that's the short answer. I am working. I'm I'm starting in in the hospital on Tuesday for the seven days following Tuesday, but I'm going in tomorrow too. Not right. today. Not today. All right. Not today. I survived the ice of yesterday, and uh, and uh, so I'm just going to be home today. And I'm I'm wishing everybody happy New Year a little bit in advance. You know, this is our last show of our eleventh year. I can't believe that. So, because it's always easy to remember for me because we started on the first Sunday of January in two thousand and nine. My goodness. Yeah, I remember. I remember when. So this is our. If you if you do the math, this is show five hundred and seventy two. 572 shows, and you haven't kicked me out yet, Denny. Of course not. I know you've been working on that, but no. <laughs> oh, we'd not I remember, even think of it. I remember coming in here, and we uh, when we did that first show um, back in January of 2009, we didn't know, uh, um, you know if, if the people would like the content. We didn't know if people would listen. Well, you have all listened out there, and thank you so much for helping make this uh, a terrific 11 years on the air. I had no idea it would be uh, how we'd be doing in 11 years. And people still are tuning in. We're still doing okay with all of you out there. So I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, please join us for the beginning of year yes. number 12 next Sunday. And I uh, have to say was one of the things that even growing up here that I've learned is what a great resource we have here at Hennepin. Yeah, we really do. And um, we're we're having an exciting year coming up at uh, at Hennepin. You know, our our hospital has been in downtown Minneapolis for like 100 years, like 600 years. <laughs> I'm kidding about Same that. Life. But we started out as Minneapolis General Hospital over on the east side of downtown. It was, you know, had little horse-drawn ambulances. In fact, before that, I think it was called Minneapolis City Hospital. Hmm. Then it became Minneapolis General, and that was over the, that had the nickname The General. In fact, there's a movie narrated by none other than Hubert Humphrey called The General hmm. about our hospital. And then it became Hennepin County General Hospital. Then it became Hennepin County Medical Center. Now we're Hennepin Healthcare. The whole, it is um, a little bit of a lot of people often don't know. They 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 think it's a hospital you go to when you need an emergency department. And I would suggest it is indeed that it's the best emergency department around. Um, in our trauma care and our. Um, burn care and our surgical care is without equal. But we're also 10 other clinics throughout the metro area down there in Richfield and Brooklyn Park and St. Anthony and Golden Valley and Whittier. And, um, we're all over the place in the clinics. We have unbelievable um, range of specialties at the hospital and the, and the system. So we're in our second hundreds years 
at, at Tenop. And so it's been a, been a good partnership uh, for me here at the station with WCCO, which has also been around for a, a, a few couple years. of years. Absolutely. And it's been a great history for our organization. All right, we're going to welcome uh, our listeners either by phone or by text. Same number will apply if you uh, have any kind of a general health question. We're not talking about any particular topic. So if you uh, want to get some advice from the doctor, some general health uh, information, 651-989-9226. Again, that's for both the phone call and text messages. We, uh, we've cleared the line, so if you want to chat with Dr. Hilden, by all means, call it in or text it in, 651 989 Nine two two six. Uh, you know, we, I was going to ask you about, uh, like I always like to do, is it too late to get a flu shot? But I've I, I asked you before about the pneumonia shot. Yeah. Um, th- thanks for bringing that up, Danny. It's our, we had a, another listener who is a nurse uh, also asking about pneumonia this week. So I thought I would, uh, uh, while we line up some calls and questions from you, our listeners, uh, I thought I'd talk just a little bit about the difference between those shots and what they are. First of all, it's flu. We are in widespread flu, which which simply means that this flu is all over the state. We're in the highest level of outbreak, if you will. It's an interesting flu season this year in that if it weren't for the weird school outbreaks, it would be so far kind of a mild year. Hmm. In terms of adults, there have uh, sadly been more than half a dozen. I think it's been seven adults have uh, died of flu, of flu this year, which is um, awful. I'm sorry for those those folks, but that is a relatively um, low number for the year. Um, hospitalizations are not all that high for adults, but school outbreaks are just yeah. through the roof. They're just unbelievable. And um, it's influenza B, which is uh, also unusual. There's A and there's B, and then there's all these substrains. Influenza B is typically the one in children, but it usually doesn't hit much until March. And so that's a little bit weird. The good news is the flu shot is pretty effective against influenza B, and um, it's not too late to get it. Next year, get it in October, but it's still okay to get it this year. My own daughter was visiting from Los Angeles, and she hadn't got her flu shot yet, but she marched off and got it done. Went and got it done while she was here, so it's not too late. Flu is one you get the vaccine every year. Now, pneumonia, which some people have um, been talking about, pneumonia doesn't have a season. It's 12 months a year. Pneumonia is caused by bacteria, and influenza is caused by viruses, although they're both in your lungs. Pneumonia um, is a little bit different. Um, it, It often, for older adults, requires hospitalization. It does require antibiotics, unlike the flu, and uh, it, can be, it can be very life-threatening. It's p- people who are at risk are kind of some of the same people who are at risk for flu. Babies are, and older adults. So there is a vaccine. I should check that. There are two vaccines for pneumonia. It is recommended that if you are an adult over age 65 that you have them both, but you need to get them one year apart. So if you got the one that is the got the number 13 in it, which goes under the brand name Prevnar, you need to wait one year and then get the one that has the number 23 in it, which is the brand name Pneumavax. You get them one year apart. If you've had none of them, we usually say get the Prevnar first, the 13, wait a year, then get the 23 second, the Pneumavax. If you've, if you've already had one or the other, wait a year and get the other one. And um, that's, that's the, it's a good idea to do that. It might not prevent pneumonia completely, but it will lessen its severity and lessen your odds of getting pneumonia in the first place. 
And then if you're over age 65, it's often um, suggested that you get a booster of the 20 of the pneumovax. So that's a lot of a lot of names and numbers. But the, there are two pneumonia vaccines. Get them a year apart if you're over age 65 or if you have other medical problems and you're younger. People with asthma, people with um, COPD, people with heart disease, and interestingly, smokers. If you are a chronic smoker, you should get the pneumonia vaccine, even if you're a young person. All right. Tell you what let's do. Let's uh, take our quick break here. We have callers coming in, so don't go away. We're going to take this quick break and grab onto your questions as soon as we come back. Text messages as well. The number 651-989-9226 applies to both. The phone call and your text questions. 716 on a Sunday morning, light drizzle and fog. Our CCO temperature reading has moved to 36. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of uh, Healthy Matters. If you have a uh, health question for Dr. Hilden, call it in or text it in. We've got a bunch of both, 651-989-9226. All right, let's, we promised the call as we'd get to them. Uh, let's uh, go to Bob, who's calling from uh, Minneapolis. Bob, you're on with the doctor. Thank you. I always find the show very informative whether the topic directly affects me or not. But I have a question. Um, we hear about organ donation a lot, which is good. But do people still donate their body to science or slash healthcare after they pass away? I just don't hear about that so much anymore. Yeah, Bob, first of all, thank you for listening. I, I do really appreciate that. And the answer is yes. Um, they say it depends what, what we mean when we say donating your body um, to science. Um, it, it, you can do a number of things. You can, for instance, um, donate uh, um, after you've died um, your body to medical schools, um, including the University of Minnesota has a robust uh, um, a donation program. It's a great program. I strongly encourage you to consider it, um, people um, who are listening. That bodies um, who are done for that are, are 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 used for medical education and for training. Um, it's all done really uh, um, in a dignified fashion. Uh, your remains are returned to your family um, afterwards, um, and it's uh, it's all done. Uh, it's it, you're really helping the next generation of of medical professionals. There are some research organizations that use it as well. We don't do a, a lot of research on, on, on people who aren't living anymore, on bodies. So there aren't just like a ton of research um, organizations that do that. But I would start, if people are interested in, he- in hearing more about that, you can, you can donate it to almost every medical school, and they'll tell you what the options are. And, um, and it is actually a gift you're giving to someone you'll never meet, future generations. And so it's a great thing to do. Um, organ donation is important, as is donating your whole body, if, if it is something that feels like uh, something you want to do. I don't think we've had that question before. I, I don't thank think we Bob have for doing that. I thank you too, Bob, because uh, I personally benefited from people who made that decision. You know, I was in the anatomy labs. Um, they're overlooking Washington Avenue on, in, on the University of Minnesota campus in a building that is Jackson Hall. I think it's still standing. We were up on the top floor. Uh, we... Uh, um, we were doing dissections and the like, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was only because of people who had made that very selfless choice to donate their bodies. And, and it, it, it was a private place. No one could get in there. It was a locked place. Only the students who were in there with our professors were in there. Um, it was, so it was way off in a place that no one would have just walked by sure. and seen anything. It's safe. It's secure. It's dignified. It's really a good thing to consider. Um, 
consider doing? That's a great question, Bob. All right. Let's uh, go to uh, Pat, I believe, is calling from Brooklyn Center. Pat, you're on CCO. Hello, Pat. Yeah, I have a question about the pneumonia shot. I I had one. I don't know if I've had two. Is it mandatory that you make them two, two years apart, a year apart? Yeah, um, Pat, it's uh, it's just recommended that you wait a year between them. Uh, and so if it's been over that, it doesn't matter uh, uh, how long ago it was. It, the one that has been around longer, I believe, is the called the Pneumovax. It has the 23 in it because it protects against 23 strains. Um, and that one was, was perhaps one that people got in the distant past, and so it might be time to get the Prevnar, which is the one with the number 13 in it because it prevents in a different way against 13 other strains of, inf- of, of pneumonia. So I would see if you can't dig up your records through your doctor, see what it was. But, yes, go ahead and get one of each just so it's a year apart. Um, that's the only thing. You can get it longer than a year apart, but you can't get it shorter okay. than a year apart. You can't get it two months from now. Dr. Hill, and a texter wants to know what, what glucose level should uh, the, the person get medical help if it's too high? What, what do you uh, folks look at? Yeah, so a glucose is a test for diabetes. Diabetes is at the oddball number of 126 or higher on a fasting glucose. So if you are fasting, in other words, you haven't eaten anything for 8 to 12 hours, you not even anything, just water, and your glucose is 126 or higher, that's diagnostic of diabetes. However, we usually, well, we always repeat that at least once. You never base everything on one reading. Um, Always get two data points, so come back next week and try it again, and if it's still fasting greater than 126, you have diabetes. Another way to do it is to check your hemoglobin A1C, and if that number is 6.5% or higher, you have diabetes. Um, there's another number, and you should be getting treatment. If you have that, you should be getting treatment, pre- preferably with something like metformin uh, to, as your first choice. Over 100, so that number 100 to 125 is what we call pre-diabetes, which some people do also choose to treat with metformin at 100 to 125. But this is, again, after repeat measurements that have confirmed that it's elevated. Not everybody treats at that level. Think of that pre-diabetes as a wake-up call. Hey, you, your sugars are too high. Exercise more. Eat right. Lose 10 pounds. All those things, and you can drive those numbers lower. In fact, with all of these, with all blood sugars, you can drive them lower. Um, You can stave off diabetes, if you will, with exercise, healthy living, and particularly if you're overweight, by losing weight. Okay. 651-989-9226. Let's go back to the phones. Mary is calling from Hutch. Mary, what is your question, please? Yes, doctor. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm 73 years old and good health, um, normal weight. I walk several miles a day. And uh, the last few evenings, bedtime, about even into going to bed, I've started to notice a skipped heartbeat several different times. Can you talk about skipped heartbeats? Sure. Before you leave the line, Mary, are you having, first of all, that's a great lifestyle, I got to tell you right there. I wish I walked a few miles every day. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Keep that up. Everybody do be like Mary. Um, But my other question for you was, do you have any pain when you get that skipped heart? No, just sort of a strange feeling that it's happening in my throat. 
kind of. Or... Yeah, yeah. So um, usually a skipped heartbeat is because the previous heartbeat came early, which is kind of, if you think about that, your heart is supposed to be nice and regular. But let's say one of them comes early. I'm talking a quarter of a second too early. Most people wouldn't feel that one. But then your heart has a great way of getting back on schedule. So the next beat comes later. It comes back on schedule. So the time period between that early beat and the next beat is a little bit longer. And what happens is that your heart fills up with blood just a little bit more than normal. And that next heartbeat is very strong. And that's the one you feel. You feel that boom, that strong one as it expels all that extra blood. Um, so it's the early one that you didn't feel that is pr- um, part of the problem. So most people who have new symptoms of skipped heartbeats, I do recommend you have that looked at. I asked you if you're having chest pain and the like because I wanted to make sure you weren't having an acute problem right now. If you have chest pain, you should go be seen today. Um, but, but skipped heartbeats are exceptionally common, and they could be nothing other than an occasional early beat which requires no treatment whatsoever and doesn't have any bearing on your life. But it also could be a sign of something like atrial fibrillation. And maybe you're not even aware of all the other irregularities going on in your heart. And uh, atrial fibrillation is a uh, uh, an irregular heartbeat that is treatable but has some implications for you. Um, um, mostly it increases your risk of stroke in the future, and so we often put people on blood thinners. So I do recommend you have it looked at. They'll do an EKG of your body. They might, uh, on your chest, um, they might send you home with a heart monitor. That's often what we do, which records all of your heartbeats and transmits them to your doctor over the Internet. Um, and uh, we can look at what your heart's doing for a week or two on end and, and you know, without you having to do anything. And I do recommend you have someone look at it. Um, maybe it's not an emergency, but I would have someone look at it. All right. Thanks, Mary. Let's uh, go back to the phone. Susie is calling from uh, Woodbury, I do believe. Uh, Susie, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Danny. How are you? Oh, good, good Susie. Susie's <laughs> traveled with us on uh, many CCO tours. Oh, yeah. Susie, yeah. Susie, I want to get all the scoop on Denny <laughs> on when Denny's traveling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you have an hour? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. You have all the inside scoop on what it's oh, like to travel with Denny. Susie and, and so Kent. Have to be off air. <laughs> yeah, well, we always have a lot of fun, and we appreciate it. What can we do for you, Susie? Well, I really want to add to this conversation that you had prior to this woman, I think it was, about the donating the bodies. My dad um, donated his body to the bequest program to the university, and you mentioned a lot about what it is for the person whose body is being donated to the program. But I'd like to add that the family that helps the person donate their body really receives a lot of care, compassion, respect, and information. And not only was I able to call during that 18 months, dad was gone at the U for 18 months after he passed, I was able to call and say, well, what's dad doing today? Well, they'd look him up and they'd say, well, t- you know, this this quarter he's, with the the um, his heart is being looked at, or his the circulatory system, or many different areas, and I was able to know what he was doing in his donation. He was excited to have his brain looked at. He was this whole thing was exciting for all of us. And there's a big program halfway through the year for all the donors, all the families of the donors, and they they give they. Doctors like you get on stage and talk about what a wonderful blessing it was to have 
like your dad or your mom or whoever has donated to help the cause. And it's just a really very informative, lovely, nice thing. There were hundreds of people there, hundreds, maybe 500 people. Wow, Susie, that is a just simply a terrific story, and I haven't heard it from a family member before. That's great. So that, well, that, 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 that's yeah. really cool. What happens at the end of the 18 months? At the end of the 18 months, you, they, they cremate his body, you get a very lovely phone call, and a man dressed in a suit or a woman dressed in a suit comes to your door with the remains in a box, thanks you for your donation, there's a card, um, it's lovely, and then you go ahead and proceed and do what you want with mm. the ashes. Oh well, so, so that is so, so wonderful. Nice. Yeah, that is so wonderful for your and, dad, and thank you for telling us that. Yeah, and here's the other thing: people worry. I've talked about this before. They say, well, "What do you do after someone's died?" It's up to you. You've already signed all the papers, but they call you. Call them at, at your need, and you say, "Your dad's ready to come into your program," and mm. they they give you their condolences. They're so kind, mm. and then they say. When would you like us to come and get him? Mm. And you decide. It is up to you. Up to you. Right. So you're really oh, in the driver's seat. That's just lovely. My wife, um, Julie, has, uh, um, has signed up or has that plan mm. to do that very thing. Your dad did a good thing, and, and so did your family. That's so really family. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I had heard about really the programs cool. that they do um, uh, where, where families get to come in, and that's a really neat program. Where, whoever, wherever you're listening. You don't, even, you don't even have to come in. You don't even yeah, You call that's them neat. on the phone. They send your paperwork, and you can call them back 10 times to ask yep. questions if yep. you want to. But it's very seamless. Susie, thank you. It was great to hear from you. I've never heard that story from you before, and I, I'm glad you oh, called well, in today. We should, we should go on another trip. I All think right. that's due. All right. Fine. Happy okay. New See Year later. to you. Thanks, Susie. Yeah, she's traveled with us a couple of times on our good. That's just a terrific story. Um, yeah, really is. If you if you're just joining us, Susie was calling to talk about um, donating your body to uh, medical schools, um, and to, um, and uh, her father had done that, and Bob had called earlier asking the question about uh, about that. So that's been a really um, a really a good uh, topic. That's a al- altruism um, at work. You yes. can do some real good work with um, by doing that. We're going to take a break here. Bottom of the hour break. Uh, we'll have a look at that forecast. We, uh, we have more show to come. If you have have a general health question for the doctor, 651-989-9226. That applies to both the phone call and the text questions. Light drizzle 36, the weather's coming up. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of uh, Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden, your host, taking your general health questions by phone and by text. And I know we have uh, a bunch of text messages that we could kind of tackle if you like. Indeed we do. I'll start doing that. I do want to um, uh, highlight people to a gift-giving opportunity. I know the the... Christmas season's over, but we're doing a, a, a ongoing donation drive of something that isn't exactly for Christmas. It's our emergency medical services department. The paramedics that you see in Hennepin Healthcare ambulances around the metro area are doing a, so- a sock drive. We see a lot of frostbite at our hospital. In fact, I was just with a surgeon. She has um, been on the show. Her name is Nikki Bowerly, and she came up to me while we were at the sock drive location doing a little blurb at the hospital, and she said, I just, I just amputated at one man's feet. And I said, which one? She said, both of them. And so we see a lot of frostbite and the complications, and our doctors um, see the complications of being cold. And people who are, don't have stable housing and are experiencing homelessness um, have cold feet. And can you imagine on a day like today, it's 34 degrees it's raining, it's cold, and it's going to get to lower than 34 degrees. Just think about your feet. So they're, they're, they're collecting wool socks. They're asking for wool socks because those are the best, not cotton, um, for this um, 
for this purpose. So if you are interested in donating socks, you can go to hennepinhealthcare.org slash socks. That's it, hennepinhealthcare.org slash socks. You can always call us, and this is a different number. I'll try to give it later in the show, but his name is John at 612-458-5782. I realize you're not sitting with a pencil in hand, so you maybe don't know that, but hennepinhealthcare.org slash socks. Okay, now back to the text messages. Um, Here we go. Um, I had... well, I don't know if I'm going to know the answer to this one. I had a surgery to clear a rectal abscess with a drain installed. In the meantime, my orthopedic doctor won't clear me for hip replacement with the drain for fear of infection. The other doctor says I can keep the drain indefinitely. What's the scoop? I'm really not interested in more colorectal surgery. There is actually a problem there. Your hip is so close to your rear end, and they're not going to probably do a hip surgery if you've got still got complications or follow-up from your rectal abscess, which is an infection of, of your lower gastrointestinal tract. So I would talk to your rectal surgeon first. Get that all clarified. Get it fixed. Get rid of the drain, I would imagine, um, if you can. But make sure that infection is just gone. Then your orthopedic surgeon will do the hip operation. I doubt you're going to find an orthopedic surgeon willing to do an operation with a current infection around your rectum. So Sorry about that one. But I'm not an expert in that, so make sure you consult your surgeons. Let's see. Next one is, how long is a recovery, a recoup for hip replacement? Well, you'd be shocked at how quickly they get you on your feet. I've heard that. The next day, (laughs) I get people with hip replacement surgeries, and they're they're up on their feet the next day. But you're usually in the hospital three to four days, and then you recover for several weeks after that. It will be several months before you're back to your old self. But um, so in the hospital three or four days, kind of in uh, doing rehab and the like for three or four weeks, and then you're, um, you're taking a few months to kind of slowly get back to your old self for hip replacement. In terms of orthopedic surgeries, it is exceptionally successful, however. If, if your orthopedic surgeon is, is, requ- or is suggesting a hip replacement surgery, you can at least know that that is a, a successful orthopedic surgeon the vast majority of the time. Okay. Do we have time for another well, one? Well, we do. All right, here we go. Um, can I speak to the topic of spinal injections? I've been battling from an auto accident, multiple lumbar disc bulges and herniation. I also have an extrusion, a torn L3 nerve, and a pinched L4 facet. They've been recommended for me. So this person um, has is having all kinds of problems from a trauma and 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 some so all those medical terms used things are pinched nerves are being pinched and and um in a variety of places and uh an injection can be done for to inject pain medications or numbing medicines which can give some temporary relief they can also be used for reducing inflammation if they inject steroids um, and that can lead to relief. None of those get to the, the root of the problem, if you will, though, but they can usually lead to some relief so you can get stronger. They can also do what's called nerve ablation therapy where they kind of they inject a thing that sort of messes with the nerve so it doesn't set fire signals to your brain to cause that pain. So there are a variety of injections that are at least possible. I'm not an expert in them. But uh, they are probably a good thing to try before the next steps, which are generally surgery. 
So you might want to give them a try. I also strongly recommend physical therapy or acupuncture or other non-invasive things um, um, throughout that whole process. Okay, so next one is, um, this is from Julie, who lives in Dassel, but is currently in Florida. I'm jealous, Julie, because <laughs> it is, we're, we, we're living in like the ice storm <laughs> up here. And so I hope you're enjoying uh, your time in Florida, and thank you so much for listening. Julie says, I have type 1 diabetes. Please clarify that exercise and weight loss will not cure this. I need insulin. And Julie is 100% correct. Earlier, I said um, that you can ward off diabetes, if you will, with exercise and weight loss. And what I mean is type 2 diabetes, and it isn't necessarily, we don't have a cure for diabetes of any kind. Type 1 or 2, any kind. There's no cure. You manage them. But at least with type 2, you can reduce your insulin resistance and perhaps lower your blood sugars and, not, and, and delay or eliminate the need for medications in type 2 diabetes. It's at least possible. Type 1 diabetes is frankly a different disease. Um, it is a failure of your body to produce insulin. So people with type 1 diabetes need insulin. There isn't another treatment. You need insulin. And so, Julie, thank you for clarifying that um, from Florida. All right. Let's see. Um, um, what was the name of the place that Susie had donated her father? Thank you for the show. Happy holidays and happy New Year. So Susie talked about, I believe it was the Quest program um, at the University of Minnesota. But if you just go to University of Minnesota um, uh, and, and look up uh, donation of body, uh, that would be it. But I think it's called the Quest program. All right. Um, here, another person is saying, my mother turned 100 on November 30th, and she's on her way to hospice. We'd love to know what was the name of the place she recommended. I'm going to look up one more time, but I think it's the Quest program. Here's a Becky from Maple Grove saying, I have chronic kidney disease, which is stable, probably brought on by the use of ibuprofen for pain. It was caused by arthritis in my hips, which caused pain in my back. Both hips have been replaced, and now I have much less back pain. Now my doctor has advised... Um, my hemoglobin's too high and has referred me to a hematologist. I didn't realize hemoglobin could be too high. Huh. So it can be. Um, you can, there are sort of proliferative um, diseases that cause hemoglobin to go too high. Um, uh, your bone marrow makes all your cells, and sometimes it gets a little over-exuberant, and it can do that. The, mo- the main reason people's hum- hemoglobin is too high isn't, though, because your body's making too much. It's usually because your body is um, not having enough oxygen for whatever other reason, and so it is compensating by making more red cells and more hemoglobin. Um, the most common reason people don't have enough oxygen in your body is a simple one, smoking cigarettes. And so often smokers have a hemoglobin that is abnormally high. It's because your body is fighting, fighting, fighting to deliver oxygen and to remove waste products, and you're, you're fighting your own body with cigarette smoke. And so that's one cause. Um, but you could have other kinds of lung disease or other reasons why you don't, you're not getting quite enough oxygen, and then your hemoglobin can be too high. But if, it, if all that's ruled out, um, you do go to a hematologist and see if they can figure out if your body is producing too much. So that's a good idea. Getting a lot of reaction from the, the donation process today. Exactly. There's um, several, several questions and texts, and um, I, I just love that. Um, it's, a really, it's really good to see. Um, I would suggest um, 
people go to the University of Minnesota, or if you're listening in Iowa, I'm sure Iowa has one in Iowa City or Wisconsin and Madison, um, and I bet you they have it at NDSU or the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks and Fargo. Wherever you happen to be listening, um, call your local medical school and, uh, and look into that. Um, I know in Minnesota it's the University of, of Minnesota um, Medical School. All right, I'll tell you what, let's uh, take a break. We have uh, callers, we have more text uh, questions to get answered on this open line show today. 651-989-9226 is the number that applies both to the phone calls and the text messages. In the Twin Cities, we have uh, still some light drizzle, fog, little mist reported. Uh, Our current WCCO temperature reading 36, but we're heading to near 40. And good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. Again, this is an open line show today. You, uh, Your phone calls and your text messages make the show, so call in or text in, same number, 651-989-9226. Dr. Th- Elden? Thank you, Denny. After 572 shows, I don't think we've talked about body donation before. And so no. thanks to Bob who started off this show with the question. But I did do a little Googling, um, if you will, on the on the break, and it's it, – um, the program is simply called the Bequest Program uh, or the uh, the body uh, uh, body donation program at the University of Minnesota. Simply go into your search engine and type "body donation University of Minnesota" and it'll bring you up the page. I know Mayo Clinic has a program as well. If you're in southern Minnesota, I know every major medical school has one. So just go to, to the web page of your local um, university in the in Minnesota. It's the University of Minnesota or Mayo, and they will. There's all kinds of information about what you need to know. And thank you to Bob for bringing it up, and thank you to Susie for calling and talking about her dad's experience, and to all the. More than I can count, people have texted in about that very topic. So thank you um, so much for that. Um, it's called the Anatomy Bequest Program. I do have a number for it if you want. Um, if you have a, uh, it, it's six one two six two five one 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 in the, in uh, at the University of Minnesota, the Anatomy Bequest Program six one two six two five one one. One one. Um, that phone number is from Gene in Falcon Heights. So thank you, Gene, for helping me out. Okay, let's go back to some medical questions here. Um, good morning. My husband wears support socks, and when he takes them off, his feet turn red and sometimes kind of purple, and they're warm to the touch. I've been trying to get him to go to the doctor. What's the best doctor for him to see, and why do they turn red or purple? Um, they're red or purple because they're not getting enough oxygen, and he's probably wearing they're, – they're compressing the circulation maybe a little too much. Uh, um, and so they're not getting enough um, circulation. He should go to uh, uh, his doctor. Now, I would start with probably just your primary doctor and because different places have different people who would do that. It might be a vascular surgeon. It might be a podiatrist. It might be somebody else. It might be an interventional radiologist who can look into the circulation. It could be a cardiologist. So I would start with a primary care doctor for that. All right. Tell you what, should we go back to the phones? Let's do that. Uh, Dar is calling in from Lakeville, I believe. Dar, you're on with the doctor. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I was just diagnosed with a prolapsed rectum and a prolapsed bladder. I do not have a uterus or a cervix, so there's nothing to even try and hold it up. I'm, they're trying a pessary for 90 days. I've heard that a lot of people have had the surgery and don't recommend it because they have to have it all over again. What What are your thoughts, doctor? Yeah, thank you for your question, Amdar. Um, so a prolapse is whenever a, a, an organ of the body is kind of bulging or dropping lower. Um, and for women, 
especially for women, it's quite common to have that be a uterine prolapse or a rectal prolapse or a bladder prolapse, the three kind of structures down there. And why women? It's because of the pelvic floor musculature um, is often made some, somewhat less strong through childbirth. But also, if you've had those, a couple of those organs removed, like your uterus, it, can, it has disrupted the normal pelvic floor musculature. And so things just aren't being held up. A pessary is a device to hold things up there, and people have very mixed results with that. Um, so you brought up surgery, and to be honest, that's the main thing um, that is uh, invasive that can be done. And so I, I don't have expertise in that, but that is what people generally end up doing. But I do want to suggest something different. I want to suggest a physical therapist um, who specializes in women's um, uh, pelvic uh, anatomy. Um, we have that at Hennepin. And, and Bestagora is her name, actually. She's been on this show. Um, first name Beth, last name Stagora, S-T-E-G-O-R-A, Stagora. She's in the physical therapy department, and she works on pelvic floor musculature exercises. Now, I, she can't fix a prolapse if, it's really, if, if everything is kind of pushing out, but she can really strengthen the pelvic floor musculature with her program, and that might um, give you some relief, at least um, give you uh, some time to think about what your next steps are, like do you want to do a surgery. So I do recommend trying out a physical therapist, um, and if you want to come downtown to, to Beth's program, she's really good, Beth Stegora, S-T-E-G-O-R-A. You can get a hold of her at 612-873-6963. Um, you won't get a hold of Beth, but you'll get the, sure. you'll get the scheduling number, 612-873-6963. Thank you, Darn. Appreciate Thanks, Dar, for that call. All right. Here's another one that's a little bit more about diabetes. It says, I have type 2 diabetes. Just in the past few days, I've been waking up where my right arm from my knee up, my right leg from my knee up and in my lower back on the same side is very painful. Any ideas what it might be? Um, I'm not sure, but it's probably not your diabetes. Diabetes does lead to neuropathy, but it almost always starts in your toes and works its way up. It's almost always both of them at the same time, and it, it affects the longest nerves in your body first, which are the ones that go to your toes. That nerve literally starts in your lower back and ends in your toes. That's the longest nerve of your body. And so that's what diabetes usually does. So if you're having it from one leg and it's from the knee up, it's more likely something's pinching it in your lower back because that's a, a, a one-sided it's in the weird place for your diabetes. So I would um, do some physical therapy. I would do gentle exercises. I would do stretching and see if it gets better. It usually will get better. 90% of back and leg pains like this get better, in, but sometimes it takes a month or three, a month or two or three. So give it some time. It's an emergency if you're having incontinence of your bladder or your bowels or if you're having true weakness in your leg, then you should go be seen earlier. All right, let's see if we can grab one more phone call before we run out of time. Uh, Carol, you're on CCO. All right, hello. I have been concerned about pancreatic cancer, and I went online and did the read the 11 signs or symptoms, and I hit like 10 out of 11. So I'm wondering who I should see about getting this tested. Yeah, um, thanks for your call, Carol. Pancreatic cancer is such nonspecific signs and symptoms. So if you have a lot, um, that's why we don't we don't catch it early enough because um, you can have these symptoms and there's no real good screening test. In fact, there is no screening test for pancreatic cancer. 
However, if you're having bloating, belly pain, weight loss, problems with digestion, um, things like that, then you can get a, a CAT scan of your belly, and they can look for pancreatic cancer that way. There are some blood tests, but they're not really used for diagnosis. Generally, we do ultrasounds and CAT scans. So you go to your regular doctor for that, whoever your primary doctor is, and see if they can't order those tests for you. Uh, I, I wish I could tell you there's a simple blood test that tells you yes or no, you have pancreatic cancer, but there is no such thing. And it's one of the reasons pancreatic cancer is so devastating, because we catch it late. Uh, so I encourage you, Carol, if you are having kind of symptoms, um, that is something that we can we can look into then by getting the appropriate um, imaging, CAT scans, ultrasounds, and the like. So I would go in and have the have your regular doctor do that. All right, I think we have time for some uh, text messages before we run out of time. All right, um, here's another person uh, talking about our body donation program. The Strib ran an article by Kevin Berger on Thanksgiving today about the service of gratitude about um, body donors. You might want to go to the Star Tribune and look at that. Thank you for bringing that up to the texter. Here's someone that says. Um, how long should you be in a resting position before measuring blood pressure? I'm 78, and sometimes my blood pressure is 147 over 73, but other times it's 120 over 65. Yeah, blood pressure changes hour to hour, minute to minute even. Um, that's normal. It should do that. So, But the problem is if you come racing into your doctor's office and you're waiting in line, you're, you're irritated because you're late to the clinic, and then you get in there and some guy comes in there or some woman comes in there in a white coat and slaps a cuff on you, it's often a little bit high. So what we tell people to do is to wait a good five minutes if you can, be resting, have your arm gently down to your side or lying down, preferably around the level of your heart, so you're supposed to be taking, you know, you're supposed to be in a Zen place and taking, taking some nice deep breaths. You shouldn't be talking during the test. You should just be calmly just relaxing. So wait a good five minutes. Unfortunately, we don't do that in the doctor's office because we live in a hectic world, so we don't even do what we say we should do because we don't have five minutes. You only have a 15-minute appointment. We can't have five minutes of it being you taking deep breaths. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not. You should really, you should really um, as, as best you can, be relaxed for a good five minutes. It's also a good idea to take it at multiple different times of the day, in multiple different positions, sit, sitting up, lying down, stuff like that. We have about 60 seconds to go this okay. morning. Here's one that just says, I, I'm sorry I won't get to all of them, but the last text says, how bad are high triglycerides? If they're up into the thousands, they're, you're at risk of pancreatic problems. If they're in the hundreds, 200, 300, 400, you're probably at risk for um, some heart disease in the future. The problem is we do not have good treatments for high triglycerides. So if your cholesterol panel shows that you have high triglycerides, talk to your primary care doctor to see if there's diet, exercise, or um, what else you can do. Um, there's not good treatments for it. But if they're in the two, three, 400 range, it probably is a risk for so heart disease. lifestyle changes could help. That's always right. the first thing to yeah. do. All right. We are just about out of time. We thank you. We're going to do an open line show next we week? We are. We're doing a whole slew of open okay. lines at the end of the year. So if you didn't get a chance to get in today, uh, call in or text in the next Sunday morning. And if you need a primary care doc? That number is 612-873-6963 or hennepinhealthcare.org. Happy New Year to you.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.